Welcome to the Agoracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Press Release, a production of Gorecom, in which we take the time to speak with small cap executives after they put on important news. Uh, for those of you who understand what's happening in data privacy around the world, the massive paradigm shift, you're going to love this interview with Reclaim that trades in Canada under MYID and for a fringe UDS under MYIDF. If you don't know what's going on this mass paradigm shift, well, here are a couple of headlines you need to know to capture attention right away. Here are some of the finds that we've seen in the headlines. Amazon, 877 million. Instagram, 400 million. Meta, 390 million euros from the Irish Data Protection Commission. WhatsApp, 260 million. Google, 170. Apple, 8 million euros in France. TikTok, 5 million euros in France. Why is this happening? The Forbes headline that came out recently summarizes it. The privacy compliance gap. How lack of consent is exposing brands to millions in fines and penalties. So now that I've got your attention to that, what you need to understand about Reclaim uh, is that they're capitalizing and they understand the $400 billion global private data industry is going through this massive paradigm shift towards protecting data. And that's happening because of what we just said, global government regulations that are forcing platforms and companies, data companies, to now protect consumer data privacy, which sounds easy that isn't. If not, you see the major lawsuits that are happening, uh, and they're being filed against major Fortune 500 companies and big data brokers. And as a result, big tech companies now reducing access to core data that the industry depends on. So enter Reclaim here. They're the solution. We're calling them the Spotify personal data. Why? Because just as you know, Justin Bieber, Kanye West, every other artist wants to be paid for use of their music every time it's streamed on platforms like Spotify, well, consumers should and now do have that same right to be paid every time their data is played or used by big companies. So Reclaim has now positioned itself as the only company in the world providing consumers with access to their data and the only company in the world providing coon to consumers with a weekly guaranteed paycheck. And that's showing up in their revenue because it's not just an idea. So far, so far for the first nine months, $1.64 million in revenue, that's up 195% over the first nine months of nine months of 2021. And some of their clients include UPS, Microsoft, T-Mobile, uh, Hewlett-Packard, Hasbro, Amtrak, you name it. And insiders own 34% of the company. So they're putting their money where their mouth is. Neil, welcome back, my friend. Always good to be here, man. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I love the setting you're in. You know, it's a totally natural vibe. You're totally relaxed. That tells me you're feeling great about Reclaim starting off the year here in 2023. It's a little bit of a jungle vibe, kind of like the small cap market. So, <laughs> yeah, it's well, like just... a bit of a jungle out there, George. We're just in the middle of it, as per usual. Well, I normally I'd say, yeah, it's just a small cap market. But when Facebook and Tesla and Amazon have gotten taken 50, 60, 70% hits their stock prices and their market caps, it's, I think it's kind of everybody. But new year, the anxiety from people who want to take their losses is, is kind of tucked away at the end of 2022. 
and we're seeing these finds gone wild. So you weren't kidding when you first came to Agoracom and said, this is going to happen. You know, let's talk specifics here. Why are these guys getting whacked so hard? Well, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. So for those of your kind of viewers who've been following this story since its inception, you know, we haven't really wavered one iota in what I, what we believe. And that was that the data world is changing, like flat out. So, you know, we've gone from a market that hasn't really required consumer, I would say consumer consent or consumer inclusion. We are quickly pivoting to a market that requires consumer consent and consumer inclusion. And where that sort of started initially was in the EU, and now it's migrated to North America, like net net is you've got to take the 300 million people or the 30 million people in Canada who have not explicitly opted in and move them to a market where they have explicitly opted in. And the consequence of that is every data company that is using that has to kind of find a new vendor. So like there's, there's this massive disruption and pivot that is happening in this market. It's been going on for now a number of years. It's only accelerating. In reference to your kind of questions around like, well, why are people, you know, getting fined and sued? There's a couple of reasons. Mainly it's because of data breaches and or leaks. So that's where, you know, you have data on an individual consumer, it gets hacked or leaked, and then you're obviously paying a fine. I mean, the reality is, is that the way people kind of collect and store data, not at the user level, but at the database level is part of the fundamental problem. You're never going to solve the security risk in the world today, as long as you store data away from the individual. That's part of the reason why consumers need to control their data is because if Neil controls his data, that means I don't have 400 companies leaking my data all over the place yeah. as a giant honeypot. So that's kind of where the larger market's going. But you know, I would say the other reason why you have these fines is it really comes down to the way in which um, individual companies are collecting and or using data and whether or not they're being compliant with the requirements in each of their own jurisdictions as to what they can and cannot do. Like, can you collect this data? Can you use this data without consent? You know, so on and so forth. So like, you're seeing a lot of those fines happening, particularly in the EU. Um, and I and I would say the reason for that is because you know the legislation in the EU started before the legislation in the U.S. Well before. But I think the one thing you should be aware of is that fine that is happening to a Facebook or a Met or a Twitter or somebody in the EU. It's just going to manifest in the United States, right? It's just the United States is was behind. The main privacy legislation in the U.S. was that in California. It came in kind of a two years after the EU. So they're sort of two years behind. So what you're seeing out here in the EU is eventually going to manifest in you know the United States. So you're just going to see the same type of lawsuits. But I, I think it's actually going to be way worse because the United States is more litigious um, and I think not only will you have these sort of government-driven sort of um, lawsuits, you're going to have these lawyer class action suits also on top of that. Um, and I think that's going to get really, really nasty. And it'll start in 2023. I would say that one of those fines that you should probably add to your list is Sephora. So Sephora was sort of the, the first of the big brands to get fined. They got a letter from the AG in California specifically on how they're kind of collecting data. So they're sort of the first company to get slapped on the wrist for how they're using data in California. So this isn't just about the big boys like Twitter and Snap and others. It's now migrating right. to the United States and now it's migrating to the brands and Sephora is the first of 
I would argue many, many Fortune 500 companies. And, um, you know, I think you should expect a lot of that to be taking place in sort of in 2023. Right. So as an investor, all right, I might feel sorry for Sephora and all the big platforms get hit by, by these fines. But this is where Reclaim comes in because you've been making this call. You kind of left the traditional status quo data in data business to start reclaim because you knew that you want to become the Spotify. How much validation do you feel? And more importantly, how much validation should your shareholders feel that this is happening uh, at, at a pretty at a pretty rapid pace now? Yeah, I mean, without sounding kind of overly confident, you know, when we started this business two years ago, we were right. We're more right now, and we will be more right at the end of 23. And anybody that sort of wants to disagree with that, you know, you can just look at, no. go back two or three years and like, look at what privacy legislation was in place and then compare it to what's in place now and then compare it to what's in place in 23. Like, you know, you, you virtually, you know, just looking at January of this year, you know, you're in the enforcement period for Virginia and California. You, know, you got 30 million people in California, 9 million people in Virginia. I mean, you're technically not supposed to be marketing to anybody in Virginia without an explicit opt-in. How many companies in the United States are marketing to people in Virginia? Probably unknowingly, I would say 100%. So this entire industry is illegal, <laughs> like the whole thing, the whole thing. And it's about to get increasingly more illegal. So, um, you know, as it relates to sort of validation, I mean, I don't, I don't need validation from third parties. Like, I think we just but, do. But shareholders work. do, because we don't know if your idea is great. But now, if, you know, shareholders might have not might have not been sure because they don't understand the business the way you do or saying, holy moly, Neil was right. Yeah, I think it's only going to get worse. I mean, I think what we've seen is, you know, the change in, in the EU led to a change in Apple, mostly like, will you allow Apple to track your location in the background? You as a consumer say no. That led to more consumer awareness where you say no, which led to Facebook writing off $10 billion in, in revenue because they couldn't track you the way that they would have in the past. So, you know, there's increasingly more and more of these examples that are happening. And I think, you know, our revenue line, our client line sort of is reflective of sort of the increase should be a proxy for the increase, increasing awareness around privacy. Our revenue and our clients continue to go up. Because I think that the desire and the need for unique compliant data continues to go up. So I think if you continue to believe that that this that this market isn't going to slow down, what you should be asking yourself and forget about reclaim for a second, it's do you believe that the market is changing? Do you believe that consumers should be involved and or will be involved in their data? Do you believe in antitrust? Do you believe that this privacy regulation stuff is going to happen? And then if you believe in those things, you as an investor should be looking out across both the public and private market and saying, okay, who stands to benefit from this? If you do that, you will run headfirst into reclaim. And I, th I say that because I think we're, we're really one of the only public or private companies that is set out to really solve this problem. Um, it's a huge problem. It's really hard. Uh, it's not easy. Um, but there's been a lot of companies that have tried to do this, You know, some of which are public, some of which that are not. Like Big Token tried to do this didn't work out. Uh, DataCoop tried to do this. They went bankrupt. Like there's a lot of companies that tried to do this. We've been one of the only- Were they too early, Neil? To... Why did they fail where you're succeeding? I think that, you know, I think that there's, 
they're, I think that they, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the nuances of each of those individual companies. I think for, for us, the way in which we're collecting data on consumers and kind of showcasing that to consumers and then how we're selling that in the market, I think we're pretty unique. You know, if, again, we're the only company where if you come to Reclaim, you don't have to add data. You come in, you validate your identity, and we show you the data in the market. Um, we are the only company that's providing consumers with a weekly kind of guaranteed paycheck. You know, I think this is the sort of stuff where we've been in product development or company development. You've got to be very nimble in the early stages, and you got to acknowledge that you're going to get some stuff wrong and some stuff right. And we've been able to unwind the stuff we've gotten wrong and kind of double down on the stuff that we've gotten right. We're not perfect, but I think we're getting better. Well, there was a time when people thought streaming music, that just doesn't sound like a good business. It doesn't sound that doesn't sound like there's enough money in it. I'm gonna stay, you know, traditional sell CDs and uh into you know into the status quo marketplace. But now streaming is the number one moneymaker for for selling music for all, all these artists. You see that becoming a reality for all of us in the next two, three, four years where and then, and then in perpetuity, or at least, you know, for the next 20 years or so, we don't know what's going to happen after that, where we're literally streaming our, our data to whoever wants to use it, but they're paying it, they're paying us for it all the time. Well, I, yes, but coming back to your question before, why didn't those other companies make it? It's not, it's not that simple. You know, I think like, again, when Uber started, you got to create a marketplace. You, you, you're not going to go, you're not going to create a billion dollar valuation when you've got one driver and one rider. You got to have 10 drivers and then 10 riders and then a thousand drivers and a thousand riders. Like, so there's a network effect that needs to happen. Um, you've got to be the company that builds the network effect. That's what we're trying to do, right? So that's, you know, that's, it's not a trivial thing to do. You just don't get out of bed and do that. I think the other thing too, is that, you know, one thing that I find like tricky in the market is that, you know, if you're at a cocktail party or you say, you know, what do you do? I'm like, well, we're a company that's trying to give, you know, control and compensation back to users. Interesting. Everybody leans in. You say, are you aware that, you know, your data is worth approximately $10,000 per year? People are like, I'm listening. Everybody sort of has a, has a visceral reaction to that. I'm like, yeah. Uh, when you amalgamate all the companies that are using your data, it's worth approximately 10,000. Those companies are making billions of dollars in profit. You're making zero. I'm like, how do you feel about that? And they get all angry and they're like I should get some and I'm like right so everybody believes that they should be compensated but consumers are impatient they want to make they don't want to go from zero to you know a dollar a month they want to go to zero to ten thousand dollars a month right so and it's like trying to find the balance between like how do we onboard consumers and then kind of increasingly give them value so that they can creep up to that increasingly ever you know sort of increasing number no different than the guy who was driving for uber makes five dollars then he makes twenty dollars and he makes a hundred dollars and then the network effect so like building the network effect is not a trivial thing so um i think the one thing when you're kind of giving compensation to consumers as soon as it come, becomes about them it becomes very primal and it's like what's in it for me and like trying to find like how you build that into the product and how you surface it and how you kind of make sure that they don't lose sight of the larger picture um, you know, I, I don't think that that's sort of a trivial thing, but like net net, do I believe consumers will be giving permission to, in how their data is being used? 100%. Do I believe that it's all about like a royalty system where they're constantly getting paid partially, but I also think it's no different than 
you know, you go to the New York Times and it, you know, it puts up a subscription and you have to pay two dollars. Well, I could see that subscription not being you pay two dollars, but you give them access to your data, which they then monetize to make to two dollars, right? So like, there's a lot of different ways in which this can manifest. I think the idea there is one: the consumer has to be involved. That's not going backwards. The value that the company or brand gives back to the consumer can take a lot of different shapes and forms. One of which is money. Um, so, but I think all that stuff will be tracked. And so, like, we have the architecture to do that. It's just a question of like, how do you build? How do you build it out? And how do you kind of do all those various different things? And I understand it's not easy, but I got to tell you, when I hear the value proposition. I would never ask what's in it for me because up until this moment, right now in time, nothing's been in it for me when it comes to all these big companies taking my data and doing whatever it is. So even if there's a dollar in it for me, I'm a dollar more ahead than I was than it was yesterday. And I think it's just going to be a case of time, right? Consumers slowly switch to habits, but when they do and you get to that mass point, then all of a sudden everyone's doing it right it i can almost see you gamifying that or people gamifying that in the future where you're all sitting around and comparing hey hey neil how much is your data worth versus my data and you're gamifying it and you're and you're doing it. i and i see a bright future for you guys i know it's not guaranteed but i just I just yeah see- i think like what you'll see like we're gonna we're gonna unpack the paycheck uh we're gonna unpack the paycheck so you know we give you a weekly guaranteed paycheck but i think what I think we're missing there, and this sort of speaks to your kind of gamification concept, is that like, um, I think we're sort of leaving a dopamine hit on the table by kind of giving sort of this weekly guaranteed paycheck, as opposed to taking the various orders that comprise that paycheck and then, you know, unpacking them so that you, you've got more clarity and visibility that um, maybe your paycheck total, and we'll just use a round number, is your paycheck total is a dollar or it's 50 cents for that individual week. That could be five individual orders at 10 cents, right? Or it could be one order at 50 cents, or it could be two orders at 25 cents. Um, you know, I think unpacking that and sort of giving you a little bit more visibility and interact interactivity with the actual, I guess you could call it orders. I think you can sort of see that coming. I think that that will kind of create a little bit more gamification sort of specifically around the system. Um, yeah, I can see our, that. That's and, our plan. Yeah. And people like that, right? So, hey, maybe we stumbled on something there, especially when it comes up, especially when it comes to the Gen Z and the millennials, you know, you start gamifying for them and they almost don't care about the small amounts. They just want to be in the game and then watch it grow over time. And so I'm, yeah. I'm highly confident that you're going to get it done. And I like the fact that you're more reserved about it, which is, which yeah. is one way to scale is partnerships uh, and w- work with big companies, obviously, because you're going to slug it out organically. But here's the, here's the press release. Snowflake, uh, this is why it's beyond the press release, so we're getting to it. This is a $50 billion market company in the headline. Reclaim provides compliant data and do not sell signals to privacy-focused clientele via the Snowflake marketplace. So Quickly explain to people who Snowflake is first and then how this marketplace is connecting you to, you know, what types of clientele. Yeah, so I think this is sort of an evolution of what we've been working on. Um, for most of your viewers, they'll know that we we put our reclaim data in a lot of these, what we would call kind of data stores or grocery stores. And the analogy I always use is that the more distribution you have for your data, the more the opportunity to sell. And the, the, the comparison there is if we sold coffee and we put coffee into Costco, Walmart, you know, a few other stores, your distribution and your shelf space, you know, determines how much data you can sell. We have very good distribution of our data. 
our data sits in all of those various different places. It sits on all the very, on, on very good, it has very good shelf space. That's leading to sort of how our data has been, you know, been transacted. There's been the emergence of what's been called kind of the clean room. And the clean room is sort of an iteration on this marketplace. It's where individual companies can come in and buy data without touching what's deemed to be personal information or sensitive personal information. Yeah, I won't get into all the details as to whether or not it's, you know, like what's like the best, like what's the pros and the cons. But the reality is, is that privacy conscious, you know, brands who don't want to be touching kind of sensitive data want to get in and get access to data to use from a decisioning point of view uh, so that they can, you know, so that they're, you know, they're not taking on the data themselves. It's like Snowflake is basically one of the biggest in the world. Um, and uh, I think what we found interesting is that, you know, there's a handful of these individual companies that are positioning themselves as clean rooms. And I think our takeaway is, okay, great. If you're a clean room and you're allowing these privacy conscious consumers to, or brands to come in and buy data, um, you should be putting data in there that is explicitly, you know, aligned with these various different policies. So what we decided to put into Snowflake first and foremost is, in some of the new requirements, specifically in California, you need to you need to get you need to have a do not sell signal, right? So, um, if presented, you as a consumer need to say do not sell my data, right? So, um, if you are marketing to somebody who's flagged that they don't want to be sold to. That's a problem. So what we did is we created an entire file of individuals who have flagged that they don't want to be sold. So now you have all these privacy conscious brands who are like, hey, I want to remain compliant. I should probably license this do not sell file from Neil and the team at Reclaim. You know, similarly, um, what's referred to as sensitive personal information, California as an example, like, you know, ethnicity, religion, sexuality, these are things that you need to have explicit opt-in in. So think about people who are doing multicultural marketing. Um, you need to acquire individuals who have explicitly opted into a file. So we presented that. So what we've been providing to increasingly some of these bigger clean rooms is data that is matched against some of the changes that are happening in the market. Um, yeah, so we think it's pretty unique. Nobody else is doing that. I think you'll see a, you know, a handful more announcements around the companies that are supporting clean rooms. But as far as I know, we're the only company that's providing these types of services into these types of environments. So Again, we're a small, like small cap company, literally supplying the most compliant data into the largest clean room basically in the world. Like we're doing something right here, right? Like we're doing something right. So nobody else is doing that. Not data companies 10 times, 20 times, 50 times bigger than us. Us, you know, our little company that's like trying to grow as quickly as possible. I believe we're sort of doing things on the bleeding edge that nobody else in this entire global industry is anywhere close to doing. So as long as the data pendulum continues to swing in the direction that we think it is, we stand to benefit from that. And you kind of stole my thunder there about 45 seconds ago, because you and I didn't talk about this, but my natural question stemming from, because I love the Snowflake news, because I got to figure Snowflake puts you through some pretty stringent due diligence, right? I mean, you didn't sign up to sell, you know, red cups to everybody. So yeah, go ahead, Neil, list yourself in the Agorcom marketplace. This is pretty serious business. Uh, that could expose Snowflake and they don't need to do that. So given the fact that you obviously pass out flying colors, my question was going to be, are there going to be more Snowflakes down the road? And you kind of hinted at there saying you expect, you know, maybe five or six more of these. So um, let's talk a little bit about that, about, you know, how a press release or, or a partnership like this is going to create more opportunity for, for you. 
I mean, I think it helps with validation, you know, again, with any of these companies, whether it's the brands that are buying the data or it's the platforms that are integrating our data into their marketplaces, we have to go through validation. And so if it's a brand, they're choosing to buy our data versus somebody that they've historically bought data from. So all those brands you made reference to before were using somebody other than us prior to them making a decision to double down on us. And these are not, you know, Joe's hot dog stand. These are some of the biggest brands in the world. And like, we have a 90% reoccurring revenue ratio. So like these brands, once they work with us, don't go, don't go away, right? So I think that's a good thing. Um, yeah, I think as it relates to the clean rooms, like you would have seen like Amazon just created a clean room technology. You know, um, there's other companies like Narrative that have created clean room technology. InfoSums created clean room technology. It's a bit buzzy in the industry right now. There's, there's the emergence of a lot of these individual clean rooms. And I think we look at clean rooms not that different than the way we looked at those original stores. We look at them as distribution. And we're like, you know what? What we like about clean rooms is that they tend to actually cater to more privacy conscious brands and platforms because why else would they be in a clean room? Of course. I'm like, well, that aligns more with what we're trying to sell, which is privacy compliant data. So if we partner put our privacy compliant data inside of a clean room to expose it to privacy conscious consumers that should translate into more privacy conscious consumers buying more reclaimed data, which, you know, so on and so forth. So that's a really, you know, I think for us as a small company, like we're always trying to think about, you know, what are the deals and or distributions or clients that we can work with that have the ability to scale, right? Um, um, that's, it's not always just about like, what are we going to make on day one? It's more about, what do we see the potential of this client? Can this client be, you know, a million dollar client? And if they can't be a million dollar client, why are we working on it? Right. So I think that's that's sort of the, the big one is we're trying to figure out who are those, who are those clients, brands, agencies, et cetera, that have the potential to be the million dollar client. And that's really where we're allocating our time and energy. And and I and I love the fact that you said earlier, once they kind of sign up with you, unless you do something egregiously wrong. Or someone comes out and reinvents, you know, reinvents the wheel with something incredible, you know, some technology that I don't see for years and years and years. They're gonna they're gonna stay with you. That's why you're 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 you've got recurring ninety percent of your revenue is recurring and growing, right? Mm-hmm. So, and I love the fact, Neil, that I didn't even know about at no time had we ever talked about clean rooms as a way for you to you know uh, to grow. We talked about organic. We talked about M and A. And now we're hearing for the first time about clean rooms. And I love the fact that the likes of Snowflake have already accepted you. Safe to say, so I'm getting around to my question, is it safe to say you're already in discussion with these other clean room providers? Uh, you know, you've yep. reached out to them or they've reached out to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, um, yeah, I, again, use the terrible analogy of like grocery stores. So like we've got the big, the big box grocery stores. Now we're moving down into the organic grocers, right? So it's like, it's, it's a subset of the, of the other category, but it represents additional distribution. And, you know, I think there's a graph that I draw on like every whiteboard I walk across. It's like literally, you know, it's a horizontal line and a vertical line. And it's always about push the distribution out at the ends. Because increasingly, the more distribution you get, the more revenue you can get. And as you increasingly, increasingly push the distribution out left to right, increase vertically the amount of data that is in each distribution pot. Because then you get, you get this 2x compounding where if I create a new data set and I add another distribution outlet, well, I get more distribution and then more money. But then if I create multiple data sets but, you know, and, and increase the distribution outlets at the same time, I'm getting compounding on both ends of that sort of spectrum. So like, 
that's really kind of core to where what we're focused on is really efficient, high margin, sort of scalable, friction-free distribution, and um, so that we can drive more revenue. That's that's what you that's what we've been working on, and I think like you you see that in our numbers, like where the revenue is going up, the cost model is going down, the margin is increasing. You know, I think you should expect that to continue for the foreseeable future, and especially you know now that we're in twenty three, like. Uh, I think the revenue is is got the same trajectory as historically, but I think what you're going to see is you're going to start to see some explosion in margin. Neil, in a world where a lot of small cap companies are struggling, we're finding out who's swimming with no clothes, you know, because they didn't have real businesses. Uh, you know, you guys are an amazing breath of fresh air because you've got the customers, you've got the revenue, you've got the real service. It's growing. And even talking about, you know, the compounding effect there of increased distribution at the ends, plus add on more data, you get that 2x multiplier. I, I mean, you guys, you guys finished off 20, 2022 strong as a business. And I love seeing that, A, you started off 2023 strong because that, that, that snowflake news came out on January 6th. And you've got legislation and you've got enforcement uh, pushing everybody you know, into the right direction. And uh, eventually that pushed a lot of people towards, towards reclaim. Well, so. and I would also say like, you know, this part is a little bit like you can't really see it so much, but I'm like, I tell you, man, like we spent a lot of time grinding on clients, technology, product decisions that we had historically made. And we did a thorough audit all the way through the organization is that you know, we fired a lot of clients with that. We're like, look, we don't see this scaling. And like right now they're taking up too much energy and they're not returning the amount of money we want. They're out. Like we're not working with them. We're going to double down on client tax that has more Damn, scale. Like, that's that's so like, a great company when you can fire clients because not make enough money for you. That's a well, great I mean, business. Again, it's, it, that's awesome. it, it, sound, it sounds more aggressive than it is, but I'm a, like, we have to be very careful as to how we're allocating our time our emotional capital and our financial capital. And like the more efficient you are and how you do that, the, the, you know, the, the, the more aggressive you can be. So the only reason I bring that up is that I want, I kind of wanted to get that done in 22. And what I even said to the team internally is like, I don't want to be working on this stuff in 23. I like going forward. Like it's not my skills. It's not my style to kind of want to play defense and kind of grind on that kind of stuff. I'm like, I want to get this all out of the way because I want to go forward in 23. And I want to go forward on a more efficient basis. And so, you know, I think in addition to sort of the legislation and sort of some of these announcements, I think, I just think we're working off of a cleaner, more efficient structure than we've ever really had. And I think that will start to, that will start to manifest in kind of um, in, in the numbers that we present for sure. Uh, and look, it's already, it's already starting to show up. I can't wait to see what the next set of financials come with. But like I said, you start off the year strong. Thanks for joining us today. It's always amazing having you on because I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm at the beginning of the Spotify trend before people knew about streaming music. And now I feel like I'm beginning at the beginning of the reclaim trend, which is streaming my, you know, streaming my data. Uh, and yeah, I'm excited for myself too, just for myself, yeah, make a I few mean, thousand extra bucks a year in a few years, you know, for me, my wife, my kid, why did I, I love it. Well, I mean, I always tell everybody this is that like right now, as an example, so the average individual is probably making 50 cents, probably 50 cents a week in their weekly paycheck. This stock is three and a half cents. 
So like, put it in perspective, like you're making passive income of 50 cents, you're like, and you could buy this stock at three and a half cents. I'm like, this is a hedge. Like, you want to hedge? You want to, you want to hedge? This is a, this is a hedge. I'm like, uh, the downside, unless you believe that we're not going to exist in five years, I'm like the downside versus the upside associated to our three and a half cent stock in a $500 billion market of which we believe we're the only company that's doing what we're doing. I don't know. I don't know. I do know, but I won't say it, <laughs> but I do know, but thanks for joining us, man. I mean, it's, it's a fantastic story. And again, I'm going to say one thing. I love the fact that you're a little more reserved about it because I hear about it. You can hear my energy because uh, I'm a shareholder at the end of the day, and I can't wait to see what's going to happen in this company in the next 24 to 36 months. It just, it's just, it's just exciting, and, and you present in a great way. And thanks for joining us today, my friend. Anytime, bud. Anytime. And uh, have fun in that jungle there. Thanks, man. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by spot by his podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Neil Sweeney is the CEO at Reclaim. Phrasing Canada under M-Y-I-D, my ID. Now you know why they got that symbol. And for our friends in the U.S., my ID F. For those of you in the story, and you don't quite understand this, and I don't blame you because it's a brand new model inside of a paradigm shift in, in personal data and private data, get over the company, get over the company's profile page on Agoracom because we've given you the layman's overview, a nice, you know, nice flow and how to understand it, get your feet wet. Uh, really get you good knowledge base and then head over to the company's website to your deep dive due diligence. Guys, you 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 read, you heard the fines I talked about at the beginning of this. You see the legislation that's coming in, the Forbes headline. This is where the world is going. You just have to do your due diligence and decide for yourselves if you think Reclaim is going to be a part of that. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. See you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. Don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then, don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.